Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. I'm delighted to see you return once again to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got an interesting item for you to take a look at. If we gaze upon this box, if I open it up, we find a single piece of film, a single frame. Now you're probably wondering what film might this be? Well, that really is not the subject of this because this single frame of film is the thing in which dreams are built on and dreams are made and wishes are made on such things as this. But be careful what you wish for because whether it comes to fruition or not, it may be to the detriment of all. And that is at the heart of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Ty West film, Pearl. Now, Pearl is a movie that we have been waiting for for quite some time because we got the huge teaser. Uh, and, and I use the term quite some time, quite relatively, because X came out in March of this year. And at the very end, the PS scene was this teaser trailer for a prequel, an extraordinary origin story uh, entitled Pearl, where one of the main characters in X, uh, we kind of got their backstory. And of course, if you haven't seen X, you probably should see X before you see Pearl. And you should probably see both of those before you hear me talking about it. But I am going to try to remain as spoiler-free as possible, uh, at least for Pearl, throughout the the bulk of this episode and then towards the end we'll kind of talk and we'll kind of get into some spoiler territory uh for those of us who have seen it but if you haven't seen x of course mia goth plays the lead character in this maxine minx also known as max and she also plays this older character she had a lot of old lady prosthetics put on her to be pearl this this old i, I don't know how old she's supposed to be at least in her 80s, probably in her 90s, I'm guessing. X takes place in the late 70s. I can't remember, 78, 79, somewhere around there. Uh, 1979, to be exact. And Pearl takes place in... 1918 and pearl is married in in the movie pearl uh, her husband's off to fight in world war one so you have to imagine she's probably 19 20 years old so that would make her around 80 81 somewhere around there if the abacus i pulled off one of the shop shelves is correct pearl probably 80 81 during the uh, events of x so suffice to say uh mia goth reprised the role of pearl for this pre and I have to say, uh, one of the things I really dug about X is the the cast was really good. For for having a lot of actors and actresses I wasn't 100% familiar with, I was very happy with the cast. And I was really happy with Mia Goth's performance as the character Maxine. I thought she was interesting. And I was really surprised. I mean, when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, I can tell it's somebody younger playing Pearl. Uh, you could see it in her eyes and her voice sounded like a young person 
uh, a younger person trying to do an older person's voice. But then when I saw the credits and I saw that Mia Goth was playing Pearl as well, I thought that was an interesting take because of some of the mirroring they did with the two characters. So to see Mia Goth as a, a younger version of Pearl was was also quite interesting. And it kind of further lent itself to the mirroring of the two characters, Maxine and Pearl. Another thing I thought was really cool about this movie, because when you watch X, X is very much, I mean, it takes place in 1979, but it's very much of the look and style that came out especially with the independent horror movies texas chainsaw massacre probably the biggest influence on that movie and the color palette of it was very browns and golds and greens and it's kind of had that golden hue over the whole movie very much like a lot of things that came out in the mid to late 70s at that time especially when it came to to low budget horror and you really had that look and that aesthetic uh, with X and with Pearl it was a complete 180 because and, and you saw that that was going to be the case when you watched that Pearl teaser trailer at the end of X. Everything is vibrant and everything pops with color and reds and bright greens and blue skies. It's very vibrant and very reminiscent of that golden age of Hollywood. The 30s through like the, the mid 40s was that golden age of Hollywood when you had uh, Technicolor and you had all these fanciful uh, movies like Wizard of Oz you can tell Wizard of Oz is a huge inspiration on this. At least the part of Wizard of Oz when Dorothy gets to Oz and, and things go into color and everything's bright and over the top with eye-catching visuals. And this movie Pearl also of that time was, it was very played into the melodrama of that era of Hollywood. And they really did it up with this movie. If everything from like the opening credits and the end credits, they did them like... It was a movie from 1939. The score as well was very much of of that time period. The, the like I said, that golden age of Hollywood. It really felt like you were watching a movie that came out maybe the same week as Wizard of Oz. And that whole theme of that golden age of Hollywood showed through the whole movie. Like I said, from the credits to the score to the writing, the script really felt like that era of script writing. The acting, Mia Goth really played into that kind of over-the-top uh, melodramatic style of acting from that era of Hollywood. So just visually and audibly and uh, for all the all the senses that you put into experiencing a movie, it really played and really felt like a total 180 from that gritty 70s independent film style to this lavish and lush and rich, visually stimulating film style of a different era. So that, to me, right off the bat, drew me in and, and locked me in. And I was ready. I'm like, okay, this is going to be something something different but something familiar because if you've watched any of those movies from that that time period in Hollywood uh, you know what you're in for but that's a style of movie that we haven't seen uh, in in anything new these days so to, to see that 
come back and to see Ty West do this movie in in such a way was just really kind of interesting and fascinating and to to be able to see that style of movie play out in what uh, what a modern movie is it was was quite interesting and for the most part this is a is a quite simple story you've got Pearl, who we're introduced to right away. She is a farm girl in Texas. She is working on her parents' farm. Her husband, Harold, has gone off to fight in World War I. This has taken place, as I said, in 1918. World War One's just about coming to an end. Uh, the Spanish flu is is big. They did a lot of mirroring of that time with what we've gone through with our own pandemic here uh, in, in recent years. Not in like a preachy way. There was no politics behind it or anything. It was just interesting to see people of a different time going through kind of what we went through, wearing masks and all that sort of stuff. So while you've got a lot of parallels between Pearl in 1918 and uh, Maxine in 1979 you also got a lot of parallels between the events of of pearl in 1918 and the events of what we're we've been dealing with here in you know the past couple years from 2020 through 2022 and that's not the only parallels that you could draw from the the time that this movie takes place and the events of this movie and what's going on today and we'll kind of uh hopefully i'll remember to talk about this a little bit later but Pearl is working on her parents' farm because her husband's off to war and her mother and her are, are taking care of this farm because her father caught the Spanish flu and now he's essentially an invalid. Can't take care of himself, can't speak, he's confined to a wheelchair and it's up to Pearl and her mother Ruth to, to take care of this family farm, all their farmhands. Are, are off to war. So it's just the two of them. And Pearl is very much a kind of that stereotypical farmer's daughter that wants to go see the world. She wants to be bigger than her humble upbringing. She wants to be a star. She wants to be the biggest star in the world. She sneaks off to see picture shows when she's in town getting her father's medicine. She has dreams of being a, a chorus girl and, and a you know dancing girl in some of these Follies movies. And her mother is having none of it. And we'll talk about her mom here, here briefly. But uh, talking about Mia Goth as Pearl, uh, she just does a, a fantastic job with this. She did a fantastic job with the, like I said, that kind of gold age of Hollywood style of acting she really played into that and it felt like a you know I didn't feel like I was watching Pearl from the X movie or or the Maxine character from the X movie she really kind of transformed herself uh, from a disposition standpoint not necessarily physically but just her style her character just felt so different from the other characters she's played in this franchise even even when one of those characters was the same character just an older version so it was really uh, interesting to watch her do this and like i said kind of play into that that golden age of hollywood acting style and play into the uh, slow descent into madness and, and I can't even say it's a, a descent into madness. I don't think she starts off as off her rocker, but I think she finally becomes uninhibited by the end because I think it's always there. That, that dreamer 
aspect of her, that wanting to to be a star, to be the biggest star there is. People are going to know her name. She's going to be something, uh, she something that she can't be on this farm, uh, tied to her invalid father, tied to her mother who needs her to, to do work around the place, tied to her husband who's not even there and off to war. So there is a darkness in her from the beginning because of all these things and all the resentments she holds. She just does a really good job at hiding it. And I think once the filter's off and the inhibitions are gone, I think we see it exposed more. But this is a horror movie, so it is no great... Ah, revelation. It's no great spoiler that she finally gets into some uh, murderous intent. I mean, you see that in the trailer. If you haven't watched the trailer, then, uh, well... I don't know what to say, but uh, for any of us who have seen this movie or seen the trailer, you know that that things get murdery, <laughs> and she is quite murdery in the X movie. So this is really kind of showing how she got to this point. And like I said, I think it was always there under the surface. I think just because of events of the movie and influences in the movie uh, from from other characters, she finally kind of lets her inhibitions go and realizes that uh, she's not going to be held back anymore. And Mia Goth plays that, I don't even want to call it a slow descent into madness, but a slow revelation, uh, a slow revealing of her her inner madness until it reaches a crescendo. And like I said, I, I think it's always there because you get uh, instances throughout the the movie that kind of uh, tell you that she's she's not right. <laughs> there's the incident with the goose. Uh, there's an incident, a couple incidents with her father. The, he's an invalid. He can't defend himself. And she uh, she has a really weird relationship there. And I really enjoyed the chemistry between Mia Goth and the other people in this movie because it's not a huge cast. There's Mia Goth and Tandy Wright, who is a New Zealand actress. She plays the mother, Ruth. She is a, a German woman. And, uh, you know, she's a hard woman. Uh, she is a woman that is strict and stern and Pearl is to toe the line and help out with the farm because that's what she has to do. And they have a lot of great back and forth scenes where where they're talking about Pearl wants to, to go off and, and do big things and become a star. And Ruth is trying to, you know, you feel like she's being cruel trying to dash Pearl's dreams. But, you know, there's a, a really interesting uh, talk between the two of them, dialogue between the two of them where she talks about how her life wasn't fair either she had to put dreams aside to to do what's right there in front of her and and it was a really interesting back and forth between the two of them and I thought uh, Tandy Wright did a good job playing that mother because uh, I wasn't very familiar with her work but she just did a spectacular job playing that cold and severe unrelenting German mother and I, I come from German stock so I I know the type. We can smell our own. I also like the relationship between Mia Goth and David Cornsweet, who played the projectionist. They had a really good chemistry. His was a character uh, that really, it, it, the character in and of itself of much consequence, but the character's influence on Pearl was of great consequence. I won't say what is said, but I think uh, his character is instrumental in Pearl becoming the pearl we see at the end because I think 
through some of the things he says to her, uh, through some of the influences he has on her, it really allows her to flip the switch and just let all those inhibitions go. And she can be who she is, who we hear her mother talking about, She the, that she is uh, kind of towards the end of the movie. And I really enjoyed the relationship between her, uh, Pearl, that is, and Mitzi, played by Emma Jenkins' Pearl. She is Pearl's sister-in-law, the sister to Howard. Uh, she comes from an affluent family. And they don't have many scenes together. But when you, when you see these two together, you can tell that they were good friends. And then when Pearl starts to make this change and when becoming a star is the only thing that will suffice and the only thing that will satisfy her, you see the relationship, uh, at least on Pearl's end, change. And it becomes a little more troublesome, <laughs> at least for Mitzi. Uh, it, it was fun to watch that, uh, where you have this person who's almost feels like eternally optimistic and eternally good and always seeing the best in Pearl and, and wanting the best for Pearl. And when Pearl feels slighted, uh, how all that changes. And it's, it was a really, it was really fun to watch those two actresses, uh, play off each other. Like I said, uh, I really enjoyed Mia Goth's chemistry with with all of the the main players. And of course, uh, Pearl's father is played by Matthew Sunderland, who, great actor, uh, he, he didn't really have to do much voice acting. His was more of, he played an invalid. He's just sitting there, and it's all in very subtle facial expressions. And, well, you know, I can't praise the acting. Uh, I almost have to praise the acting because to give that kind of a performance takes, like I said, a lot of subtlety and a lot of restraint. And it, it was a really good job for not having a whole lot to do as far as a physical performance, at least the the atypical physical performance. So so all in all, I really like the performances in this from, from all the actors and actresses. Um, the movie seemed to, to go on a bit slow until things really picked up in the third act. But the first couple acts, the first act was really good because you're kind of setting things up. There are some moments of dread where you're like, oh, there's something wrong with this girl. And a lot of setup between the characters that was interesting. It was kind of that second act. Things kind of drug out and it became more about uh, Pearl just wanting to be a star and having to hear her go on about that. Uh, that seemed to be a bit... A bit much and we kind of lost some of the dread in that i mean you have little moments here and there where you're reminded oh yeah she's not right and you know something's gonna happen sooner or later uh, and then the third act things pick up and things start to get murdery but once things do finally start to pick up it got really good i, I was a little disappointed because there was a body count but only two of the kills were really psycho killer casse quality the other two and, and i'll talk about it in the the more spoilery section and i get it this is a an origin story for somebody with murderous intent so it, it i i can i can give it a pass because like only only two of the kills in this were actual psychotic murderer quality kills but the final one i i that was interesting and that was 
quite chilling and I kind of played into a little bit of a trope with a convenient trip, but uh, I I have to look past that because this is kind of an homage to some of that stuff. Uh, some of the uh, slasher movies of the eighties, this, this X series. So I, I look past that, but, but the kill was really good and, and gruesome and when they kind of did a montage at the end of the cleanup, that was that was quite gross and, and, and quite good uh, and really kind of lent to this being an origin story to a, I, I don't know as if I, I, I've heard Ty West calling X a slasher movie. I don't know as if I would call it a slasher movie. It is definitely a horror movie. It's a uh, horror killer movie, but do I consider it, I don't know if Pearl slashed anybody in that first movie. Maybe she did. Maybe I'm just not remembering it correctly. But I, I don't equate Pearl to characters like Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees or Leatherface or Freddy, things like that. Uh, to me, those are those are slasher movie killers. I don't equate Pearl with that. Pearl is a little more of a psychological killer, or at least the movies are more psychological and I wouldn't call it a big reveal at the end, but when when her husband Howard finally comes home, surprise, was was quite interesting, quite chilling. And of course, we saw the older version of Howard in in X, played by Stephen Ur, who did a a fantastic job as uh, as old Howard. So all in all, I, I really liked Pearl. Was it as good as I was hoping it was going to be? Ah, uh, no. But I, you know, I kind of have to. I always preach about managing your expectations. And like a like I said, this is an origin story to a quote-unquote slasher killer. So it's not going to be, you know, Pearl's not going to be a full-blown psycho killer from the beginning of this. I mean, she has the potential for it, but we, we have to see that come gradually. And, and it does come gradually. So I, I, I have to manage my own expectations on that. Uh, I was hoping for more, you know, outlandish kills. And, you know, the only time we've seen Pearl before was as an 80 some year old woman in X. And the thought of, oh, if she can do this at that age, you know, what could she have done as a, as a younger woman? Uh, how much carnage could she rot with that? So uh, maybe I was expecting a little too much. And this being an origin story, I really had to look at this from how somebody would become that. And when you look at it that way, uh, I think they did a good job with this. And, and I really did enjoy it. I loved the throwback feel to the acting and the look and the style of the movie, all the way to the score and the credits. It just, it was a treat to watch. Uh, it felt like you were watching something special uh, in that, like I said, I, I've preached this, uh, I've talked about this ad nauseum in this podcast episode, but that golden age of Hollywood feel that Ty West brought to this, uh, I think was just really interesting and really fun and made that second act that felt a little I don't want to say boring. It wasn't boring, but I'm like, okay, let's uh, somebody somebody needs to die here soon. Uh, this is a horror movie. Uh, the second act didn't really feel like a horror movie, and I get it now. I, I get the setup. I get where they went. We're going with it. I just I, I was kind of expecting more than I probably should have with that second act. But regardless, even with 
the second act not living up to my horror expectations, it was still interesting to watch, like I said, in this style that Ty West did this movie. It was still visually stunning. It was still visually interesting. It was interesting from an acting standpoint. The actors and the story were, were still interesting enough and engaging enough to keep me going into that third act. So uh, where I, I really only had a problem with that, it wasn't that big of a problem. And then, of course, we get another teaser for the third installment of this coming up. Uh, I, I don't know when they're going to do this. I, I don't think they've started production on it. But Maxine, of course, Maxine spelled with three X's, triple X. We're going into 1985. Uh, Maxine is continuing her pursuit of becoming the biggest star in the world. And I have to, I have to believe in the tradition of X, in the tradition of Pearl, that this is going to be a horror film. So how how is Maxine? You know, she's survived the massacre at that farm in Texas in X. She's gone on. This is, you know, a few years later. Is she affected by that? Is she going to, I, you know, I, part of me wants to say they're going to do some sort of possession thing where she's possessed by Pearl. And that just seems too, uh, that seems a little pedestrian. But I, I like how they mirror the two characters. They mirror the two characters in X when they had some dialogue scenes together uh pearl and maxine and and when you watch the movie pearl you see a lot of mirroring of her younger self to maxine in what was going on in in the x movie and while i don't look at it as a possession movie i really think the spirit of pearl is is in maxine and surviving Pearl and surviving the massacre that happened on that farm, uh, I think is going to affect her uh, mental state. And I think we might see her slow descent into madness and murderous intent, uh, much the way Pearl did uh, when she doesn't become the huge star that she, th she thinks she should be as quick as she wants to be. So, like I said, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with Maxine in this third installment that should be, uh, who knows when it's going to be coming out, but uh, keep it locked on the podcast and on our Facebook page and Instagram. We'll, we'll keep you posted on any new revelations that come of that, but... That's it for the unspoilery section of the episode. We're going to get into some some spoilers here. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about. I just want to talk about some of my favorite scarier scenes. Uh, there were a lot, and, and a lot of those you really can't talk about without giving some stuff away. So I, I hate that I couldn't talk about that in depth in the unspoilery section. There are some good scares. There are some good chills. There are some good kills in this movie. Uh, I I just can't talk about them if you haven't seen the movie yet. Um, but if you don't care, you're like, fuck it. I don't care if I get anything spoiled for me. I'm going to go watch Pearl anyway. Then uh, we're going to proceed into some spoilery territory. But one of the things I really dug about this is because right from the get-go, you can tell Pearl is effed up in the head with that scene with the goose where she stabs that goose. And they kind of give that away in the trailer. But, you know, she stabs that goose and then she feeds it to the, the alligator in that pond. And we find that the alligator's been laying eggs. And so the alligator uh, that we see in X, probably not that same alligator from Pearl, but it's a descendant. Uh, so all that was kind of cool time 
tie-ins from one movie to the other. Um, when you see her father, she takes him to the edge of that dock, and you think she's gonna she's gonna toss him into that alligator. Uh, kind of a effed up Jack Kevorkian sort of mercy killing thing, and then the mom comes and you know essentially stops her from doing it. Uh, was was creepy and bizarre and just kind of effed up, messed up. I loved the scene when she was with the projectionist at her place and he realizes things aren't right and they're in the barn and you see her look to that pitchfork that she killed the goose with. And then all of a sudden you're kind of in Pearl's perspective as the camera pulls around this guy getting into his car and then she stabs him with that pitchfork and that was a really chilling and brutal scene. Now, the the other scenes, I you know, her mercy killing her father, essentially by smothering him. Uh, I'm glad we didn't see that. We hear it, but we don't really see it. Yeah, okay, it's part of the body count. Yeah, you saw that coming, but it really had no impact on this being a horror film. I don't feel that, to me, that wasn't a horrific thing. Uh, I mean, it was horrific, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like uh, she killed him maliciously. And I, I don't know how I feel about that in the context of a horror movie. Uh, her mercy killing her father didn't feel, I mean, should she have done it? I don't know. That's a, a moral conundrum that I don't really care to get into. But it didn't feel like a, a psycho killer killing somebody in that aspect of a horror film. So th that didn't really, to me, that didn't really count towards the body count. The mother uh, set on fire accidentally. Uh, the fact that she didn't do anything for her and just tossed her down in the basement is kind of effed up as well. But uh, she didn't really even die then. She just died at the kitchen table uh, after sitting there for God knows how long. But uh, that... I don't know. I don't feel like that should count towards the body count. Uh, now, Mitzi, on the other hand, that was a... I loved that scene. There at the end, the last kill, probably the best kill, when Mitzi has this heart-to-heart -heart with Pearl where she tells Pearl to pretend like she's Howard and say all the things she wants to say. And Pearl just goes on about saying all these horrible things and about him, about her parents, about the people she's killed. And, and the look on Mitzi's face when she is done spilling this. I, I mean, I don't know how long that monologue went on, but it was at least... Uh, I don't know, a few minutes of her just going on about all these horrible things that she thinks and feels and has done. And Mitzi's like, oh, well, I I've got to go. <laughs> and and to, for her or anybody to think she was going to get out of there alive was, was fooling themselves. But she goes outside and you think for just the briefest of seconds, okay, she, she might get away. And then Pearl comes out and you see that axe in the block of wood in the background and then pearl starts making her way towards it and mitzi's walking away faster and pearl grabs the axe and she starts following her it, it really was a chilling scene the the one thing i didn't care for was the oh she tripped and that's how pearl caught up with her uh, it, it just, it, it feels like something that has been played out. It, it feels cheap. It feels cheap slasher movie. But this is kind of an homage 
to all those, you know, late 70s, early 80s slasher films. I, I think these X and, and Pearl are kind of a love letter from Ty West to those those influences. So if it's done as an homage to that, I'm fine with it. Is if it's done as just a way for Pearl to be able to catch up and because we couldn't think of any better way. Uh, that feels a little cheap. I'm going to give Ty West the benefit of the doubt and think that that, that was done as a, an homage to 80s horror. It was done ironically. And and I, I, I respect him enough as a director and a filmmaker to think that uh, it, it just wasn't the easy way out. But then when, when Pearl does catch up and you... So, you know, she does her Lizzie Borden impersonation and gives her 40 wax. And then at the end, chopping her up. Now, that was some, eh, it wasn't horrible CG. I've seen a lot worse, but it wasn't great CG. I know Weta did the prosthetics. And, of course, Weta, uh, famous for their work in Lord of the Rings. I, I'm pretty sure they did the prosthetics. I don't know who did the, the CG work with Pearl dismembering Mitzi. But, uh, but yeah, it just, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't horrible and it was all done quick enough that they didn't linger on anything, but it, it was one where, uh, that could have been done practically and it was done. Some of a lot of it was done digitally and it just, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm glad they didn't linger on anything. It was all real quick jump cuts, uh, during that dismemberment scene, uh, because the CG was just a, a little bit, a little bit off. And then, of course, when Howard comes home and sees mom and dad uh, and that rotting, suckling pig uh, on the table. And I like how the, the, the pig was brought in, this roasted pig that Mitzi and her mother brought to to Pearl and, and Ruth. And Ruth just leaves. She doesn't want charity, just leaves it on the, the porch. And we just see this pig slowly starting to rot away and maggots slowly uh, starting to devour this pig. And it really felt uh, symbolic of the state, uh, of the mental state that Pearl is in. The the steady decline into rot and depravity. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional or if that's just me kind of looking way too much into it the symbolism of it but uh, but to me it was quite a quite a disturbing and striking little metaphor there so all in all i wanted to like pearl more than i actually did but that doesn't mean i didn't like it i really did like it i wanted to be blown away by this not just from a visual standpoint not just from the throwback to 30s and 40s cinema that that was it was amazing to watch it was visually striking it was fun to watch from an acting standpoint it was fun to watch these actors especially Mia Goth call back to a to an older time an older generation of filmmaking and and an older generation of film acting it was fun to watch that it just from a horror standpoint I was just hoping for a little more horror and maybe that's my fault for expecting more than I should have because like I said this is an origin story an origin of a killer and you're not going to start off with all that right away uh, the mother kept talking about how she you know she sees this evil uh, this this malignant uh, inside of Pearl and she's seen it forever and we just never really got any of that and I guess maybe that's what I was expecting more I mean we got the scene with the goose we got the scene with her father where she's thinking about tossing him into the drink with the alligator but those are the only real examples of this this darkness inside 
of Pearl that that she, you know, Ruth is alluding to. I mean, we get little glimpses, but nothing really that uh, malevolent, uh, nothing that dark that that would suggest that she uh, has this evil and this wickedness and this darkness inside of her. I, you can tell she's kind of messed up, but. Like I said, I would have just liked more examples uh, of why the mother felt this way. I mean, we get a few examples that we see, uh, nothing too damning, but we never really see what the mother claims to have seen. I mean, she we, we see her uh, witness the scene with the father at the dock, but we don't really see much more of her or, or what she's witnessed from Pearl that makes her feel that Pearl has this darkness. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a prequel to the prequel to X. Probably not. But uh, hey, you know what? Uh, it might fill in some of the blanks that uh, that I was missing there. Uh, but we are going to get a sequel in Maxine. Uh, no telling when that's going to come out. I'm assuming uh, we probably won't see that until next year sometime. Uh, the fact that they put out these two movies in one calendar year was was quite surprising. I didn't think we'd get uh, Pearl this quick after X, but uh, I'm glad we did. Uh, so, But Maxine, I have to imagine we're probably going to see... Uh, that come out some sometime next year, uh, maybe maybe early in the spring. I'm I'm guessing, but but there again, that's all just supposition. And when we do find out any information on when the Maxine is going to be hitting theaters, uh, you'll certainly hear us talking about it here on the podcast and at our Facebook page, Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So ultimately, I did really like this movie. Was it uh, everything I expected it to be? No, but that's not always a bad thing. Uh, was it the greatest movie ever? No. Was it better than X? It was different. Uh, so I can't really say it was better. It was just a different movie. And and I like that. I like the fact that Ty West didn't just rest on his laurels and make Pearl essentially a carbon copy of what he did with X. I, I like that he did different things. He took risks in the style of, of film this was, and he took risks uh, even making a prequel about this character, Pearl, that we, I mean, I don't know. I Are we going to see any... Uh, representation of Pearl in in Maxine, whether it's some sort of uh, apparition, some sort of mental manifestation from from Maxine, I'm not sure. But uh, but it was it was a risk to do a, a a prequel on a character that we may may not see again. I, but I, I think it all worked. I think it all paid off, and I, I really enjoyed Pearl uh, for as much as it was not completely what I was expecting. So uh, really excited to see how this movie does in the box office. Really excited to see what uh, what they do with this this third installment, Maxine. And, uh, you know, they're taking it into the 80s. They have that song Obsession playing uh, during the little teaser. So it, it sounds very 80s. I'm sure it's going to have a, a great 80s soundtrack, kind of like X had that great 70s soundtrack. And I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm interested to see what Ty West uh, brings to the table after he's done with this this kind of uh, Maxine Pearl trilogy. So I encourage you, if you haven't watched Pearl 
go check it out. If you haven't seen X, check that out first. And uh, if you did watch Pearl, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed the look. I enjoyed the sound. I love the whole atmosphere and aesthetic of this movie. And there was a lot of great themes as well. I mean, there's a lot of, of themes about uh, women and what's expected of them and, and their place in the world. But there were also a lot of themes uh, that we can relate to today about uh, fame chasers and everybody looking for their 15 minutes of fame and nobody wants to, to to do a real job we just want to be famous we don't care how so there's a lot of that to tie in a lot of stuff about uh, pandemics that we can relate to today so there's a lot of interesting things in this movie and a lot uh, i think interesting to look forward to with this this third movie coming up and uh, can't wait to see more can't wait to see what's coming up with Maxine in the hopefully not too distant future. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my ramblings on the latest movie from Ty West, Pearl. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Please check out our Facebook page, Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on Facebook, for all that's going on with horror, fantasy, and science fiction. We're posting trailers. We're posting articles that we find all over the internet. Add my two cents, my thoughts, and uh, always looking for your thoughts and comments as well. So uh, please go to the Odds Bodkin's Facebook page, uh, like it, comment. Uh, check out all the stuff. Uh, please follow us on Instagram as well. Not on there as much. Uh, that's more of a visual medium, and uh, and I'm a yapper. I like to talk. So, uh, but but do have uh, that, and we, we try to keep people posted on what's going on with the podcast there on Instagram. And no matter where you listen to this podcast, please like it, subscribe to it, download the podcast. Please share it with anyone you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction, and please leave a review five stars would be awesome those reviews really help uh for these different uh, podcast platforms more reviews better reviews mean that they're going to expose this podcast to more people and in the end we're trying to grow this we're trying to do something with this and get the word out about this podcast so i want to thank you in advance for for doing that and leave a review so until next time Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!